it's Charlie. If you don't know me, I'm a certified personal and career coach who helps you minimise your doubts and maximise your potential. Welcome to the Your Time to Grow podcast, where I talk through common questions I might be asked, share my tips, tricks and experience. Welcome to episode 119 of the Your Time to Grow podcast. Hello, it's me, Charlie, and today I'm doing something slightly different um, insofar as it's completely unplanned <laughs> and I usually have a kind of idea when I come to record my podcast of what I want to talk about and and um, and I was thinking about you know what I get asked in real life situations and people often ask me about my story and how I got to where I am and why I do what I do and so I thought I would would do that and just kind of tell you my story. Um, I'll try and keep it fairly brief, like no more than 15, 20 minutes. Um, but yes, and obviously if there's something that I talk about that you think, oh, I want to know more about that, or hang on, she didn't say this, then please feel free to get in touch. So um, let's start, let's start way back when. So I, and yeah, well, it'll become apparent. Uh, later on um so I did my GCSEs uh went to college and it was a sixth form college separate from our school and it was across three campuses and I chose the one I grew up in North Wales not that you know it it's, uh, it's not that relevant to the story but anyway across three campuses and I chose the one that was best for chemistry because I loved chemistry and so I did chemistry physics and biology and I completely fluffed physics because it was really hard and also I'd fallen in love and my mind was on um, that person rather than my studies. And so I actually only have two and a half A-levels because I had to resit my physics A-level uh, because it was just awful. And so, and, and to be honest, I only passed the half A-level that I got because it was a question on radioactivity, which in my mind was chemistry anyway. And I had this huge block that I couldn't do physics because it was maths and I'm not very good at maths. And that can't be entirely true because I have a chemistry degree. Um, but back to that later. So anyway, completely fluffed my um, A-levels and my mum said, I've got you an interview in the local pharmacy. Um, it's a good job. You're going to go and do that kind of thing. And I don't I don't really know if I'd have been looking for jobs between, I, I can't really remember, I was work, you know, like I did, I worked in a fish and chip shop and I worked as a waitress um, and in various places as a um, chambermaid, that kind of thing. So I'd, I had work available, but it was um, kind of a bit here and a bit there. And so I went to work in this pharmacy and... Um, it was good. I really enjoyed it. And I did an NVQ level three is a dispensing technician. And I had every intention of staying. But the person I'd fallen in love with, that relationship was breaking down. And my aunt who lives in Nottingham said to me, come and visit. And I made loads of excuses and I didn't want to go. And, and every excuse that I had, she met with, well, don't worry, we'll pay for your trade ticket. Don't worry, come whenever you can. Don't worry, we'll fix it with this particular solution. And in the end, I was like, oh, I can't say no, I'm just going to go. And um, so I would have been, what, uh, 
19, maybe 20 by then. And I went to see my aunt. I had a really good heart to heart about the relationship. And during the course of that week, she said to me, hey, you know, we've got a university here. If you wanted to go, I could like get you an interview, see if they would take you. And I was like, well, they won't take me. I've only got two and a half A-levels. And she said, well, you've got an MVQ. Let's let's have a look. And so <clears throat> unbeknownst to me, she had already called Nottingham Trent University and asked if they would take me. And they said, well, let's do a little interview. So I went along and he talked to me. Um, his name was Jim. Can't think what his surname was. Irrelevant to this story. But I remember sitting there and and talking about it and, and thinking, well, yeah, I mean, I would like to go. But I was like, well, I have a job and I, I'm in a long term relationship and um, I can't just leave those things. And, and my aunt was like, it's only for three years and you don't have to make the decision now. And why don't you go next year? And the guy was like, yeah, we can get you through clearing if you want, but we can also defer entry until next September. So this would have been the August, August holidays. And I remember going home on the train and thinking, I want to do this. This is really exciting. I didn't even realise this was a possibility. But now I can see it is a possibility and it's been offered to me. I really want to um, like explore that. So I went home. I told my boss that I was quitting to go to university and I was going to study medicinal and pharmaceutical chemistry. And that was because, A, I really enjoyed chemistry, but B, um, I had this pharmacy qualification, totally not the same as pharmaceutical science, but it was in the kind of industry, so it, it kind of connected the two. So off I went to university. Inevitably, the relationship broke down, um, which was probably the best thing that ever happened because I hadn't realised it at the time, but it was a really toxic relationship um, and I was sticking in it because I was too young to know any better. And so I finished my degree in 2005 and I was the valedictorian. I went, I was taken to Greece to do talks and stuff um, abroad and uh, obviously abroad because I just said it was in Greece. Sorry, this is what happens when it's completely unplanned. Um, and I achieved a lot and I, I worked in a bar all the way through to kind of get me money and then I graduated and I'd done a, a year's placement um, in the middle of it and been paid for that. And that was really good. So I had a year's of a year's worth of experience as part of my degree. And so I was like, right, OK, well, the best option for me is to go into into pharmaceuticals. So that's what I did. And I got this job basically sticking lab results in someone else's lab book he would do all the testing and then I got the fun job of sticking it in and it was dull 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 as dishwater but it had given me a salary and it was a starting point and after about but I think it was a temping role actually so after kind of six to eight weeks um I left and that, that partly because it was dull, but also this guy had made some inappropriate comments and I reported him to HR and he was sacked. And then I felt really uncomfortable still. I was what 25 and still quite, you know, naive in the world. 
and I'd stood up for what was right and that was great but then I felt like everybody else would hate me and oh it was just like a a quagmire of guilt and emotional kind of torment and I was still reeling from splitting up from this relationship that I'd had and you know that feeling of self-worth was through the floor but this rubbish dull job had allowed me to get a slightly better job where I did the testing and so I um I did that for three years maybe and then I had out of the blue a phone call from a recruiter saying hey we've got this job um back in the company you used to work for but it's much more interesting and I was like nope I'm really settled here I don't want to leave and they were like no no that's cool this is the salary and I was like okay that's quite a big salary increase and it would allow me to do these really interesting things so I left and I went to work for them but again they weren't a great company to work for to be honest and I wasn't enjoying it but I didn't know why and as part of the work I went on a course it might have been team working it might have been some kind of leadership module I can't really remember but the point was that I went to this course and it was fascinating it was about you know what's important to us our values essentially although they didn't call it that at the time uh, and I thought to myself whoa I'd love to learn more about this I'd love to be that person standing and training other people and then maybe a year later they announced redundancies and by this time I was really unhappy um, but I couldn't put my finger on it but I knew I wanted to do something different and so I applied for voluntary redundancy and this would have been uh, late 2008 I think and I phoned up the careers advisor at the Royal Society of Chemistry for, for which I was a member and I got this free careers advice and she said to me go away and explore like what's important to you and I did loads of exercises and I narrowed it down and I was like actually I think I'd be really interested in a training role and she said what about a careers advisor role and I was like "Ooh, I hadn't even considered that as a possibility and she said well we're going to be recruiting for a trainee careers advisor I think you'd be really good and I was like I would love that but obviously in the meantime this role hadn't been advertised and so I stayed in contact with her and I went along to more RSC events and I talked about how I wanted to work there and I learned about how the um, the institution worked all the m while I was applying for chemistry roles because I was like well what if I don't get this careers advisor role and the RSC interviewed me and I remember it really clearly it was December the 17th and they said to me and I, and I felt I'd fluffed it I went to the interview and I was like oh my gosh I could was sitting in the room and I could hear this other person uh, the other interviewee ch talking and I couldn't hear exactly what they were saying, but it sounded, they, she sounded very confident and I was convinced that I hadn't got the job. And they, um, they said, well, we'll let you know next week. And I joked and I said, well, it's my birthday next Thursday or whatever it was. It was like five days later. Um, please, like, only phone me if it's good news and kind of, you know, jovially kind of went anyway they rang me on my birthday I was back in North Wales with my parents at the time and um and she's like we've got you've got the job I was thrilled it was um more money than I'd been on already 
uh, working in chemistry, but it was a job that I thought I could do really well that ticked a lot of boxes for me. And um, so fast forward like two weeks and I, oh, it must have been more than two weeks. I think I started in the February because I would have had to give notice, wouldn't I? So I think I started on February the 1st, 2009. And I remember it was snowing and um, I had rented a room locally and I walked into the job and I had these pink marshmallow wellies. They had marshmallows literally on the outside, pictures of, obviously, not actual marshmallows. Anyway, I walked in the snow, carrying all my stuff and my new shoes for my new job. And it was a much smarter job. Working in a lab, you didn't have to dress smart. So I'd bought, like, smart, casual office clothes. But I had this wobble and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what if I'm no good at this? What if I should have stayed in chemistry? And that's when the careers advisor had given me the advice that if you um, change career... You've got about 18 months before it's more difficult. It's never impossible, but before it's more difficult to move back into the role you were doing. Because after 18 months, your skills, they don't necessarily become rusty, but you think they've become rusty. And more importantly, employers think that they've become rusty. But actually, if I asked you to do a job that you did 10 years ago, it wouldn't take you very long to remember to how to do it and the process and everything. But still, this 18 months is a kind of... Um, like standard advice that I give so I went into this job and I loved it I, the minute I got in the, the the building on that first of February it was amazing and actually we got sent home at lunchtime because because the snow was so bad that um they had to send everybody home and I loved that job and I stayed there until so from 2009 until 2016 and it was the longest I'd ever stayed in a job and I had every intention of staying forever. But in 2013, I'd had my first baby and when I'd returned, I'd felt completely at odds with what I was doing. And I couldn't understand why. And it turned out after having some coaching that my values had changed and I had naively thought, I would be me with a baby, still doing the job I loved, but having a baby. I hadn't realised how important that baby would be and how much it would change my life. And I I don't know if it does that for everybody, but a lot of mums I've spoken to, that rings true. This little person becomes your purpose. Um, well, yeah, motherhood becomes your purpose, not having this little person. Um, but I think that that's true for any major change in your life, um, whether it's a diagnosis for you or a loved one, whether it's having a baby, um, losing a baby, adopting, not being able to have kids, um, get, getting married to a certain extent, being made redundant, any big change in your life uh, can reorder your value system. And so... Here I was finding that whereas before I'd been like, yeah, let's go traveling for six months in the job. It didn't matter. I had nothing holding me down. I was like, no, I've got to be finished by four. Um, and I'm really sorry. I don't really want to travel to Newcastle if I don't have to, um, even though I love Newcastle and Sydney is one of my favorite cities. But the thought of being away from my child really upset me. And, and I did it. I did it for two years 
Um, and then I realised that I needed something else. By then, I'd been working with this coach for a, a year or so. It took me a year to ask for help, incidentally. Uh, and I'd worked with this coach and I'd realised that I wanted another baby and I wanted a different option to what I had um, at the RSC. Um, and so I retrained as a coach. When I say re retrained, I upskilled really. I added coaching skills to my um, repertoire and careers coaching is not that different from careers advice the main difference is that a careers advisor will give you guidance and steer you in a direction whereas a career coach or any coach will likely not do that and they'll say well I won't tell you which is the right choice or which is the best choice whereas a careers advisor will say this is the way to do a CV or this isn't you know it's still very subjective but still a lot more guidance and kind of signposting and careers advice and I do do that as part of my job now but it's not the main part so I upskilled and I did a three-month course in coaching with Barefoot Coaching Limited and um, that included a postgraduate certificate with the University of Reading uh, nope Chester sorry my oh whilst I trained as a careers advisor that's where I'd done my and a different postgraduate certificate with um it started off as Reading but ended up as Warwick. Um, and so here I am, uh, what are we on, five five years later, and um, I'm self-employed and I look back on my career and I can see how subconsciously I was taking these steps and I was following my gut and saying something isn't right here, what's the next thing I can do? And how can I enjoy my job? And, and and some of the moves were terrifying. Like I moved, I moved from North Wales to Nottingham in six weeks. I did a similar thing moving from Nottingham to Cambridge. Um, and by that point, I was in a different relationship. Um, and I, but I remember saying to him, "Look, I'm moving. You know." Um, it's only an hour away, you know, we'll see each other and, and really making that work. And we're still together. We've been together 16 years now and got three beautiful children together. Um, and he eventually, he I think he moved down to Cambridge within, within a year. We met at work um, after he'd been made redundant and he now works in London. And yeah, so the whole point of me telling you this is because... On average, people have uh, four different careers, not just jobs, but complete career changes. So I'm on my, what, third? So I've been, actually maybe fourth. So I've been a, pharmace a dispensing technician. I have been a pharmaceutical scientist. I've been a careers advisor and now I'm kind of careers coach. So like three and a half, I would say. Um, and... I've been really scared. I've returned to work after a break. I've been made redundant. I have um, experienced a lot of these things. And so when I do the careers coaching, I come with an understanding of the emotional stuff that goes ahead, uh, that comes alongside those big moves and the big changes that you make. And whilst my changes that I've lived through are unique to me and yours are unique to you there's still an empathy there and I love my job and if I could wave a magic wand 
that's what I would want for everybody. I would want everybody to find a job where they really fit in, where their values met, the company's values if they're employed or whether where they could live their own values in a self-employed world, where they could do a job that really suited them and their skills and met their strengths. And it's not about being paid loads of money or, you know, having a specific status because some jobs are assigned one status and others uh, are not assigned a status and are deemed menial. But actually some of those, you know, like when I loved being a chambermaid, you know, it was easy. I, I knew what I was doing. Like there was an instant, um, change you know like you'd walk into a messy room and you would tidy it up and yes it was hard like it was laborious um but I actually really enjoyed it and a lot of my jobs when I look back there's a theme of you know service and relationship building with other people and doing stuff one-to-one and 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 working with people and really enjoying that and and all you know those themes have fed through each of my jobs so if you want to be a Tesco delivery driver great let's make that happen if you want to be you know prime minister okay what do you need to do to get there um it's not about the job you do it's about whether it works for you and whether you like to do it and not everybody has that opportunity that's why it would be a magic wand I would wave um but if we understand what's important to ourselves and can apply it then we can end up in a job that is the best it can be for us um and hopefully one that you really like get out of bed and really enjoy doing so just over 20 minutes i don't know if that's helpful uh, but that is my story that's how i came to be a careers advisor um and a careers coach and actually a bit that i didn't say was that when i was at school i used to run the careers library <laughs> And me and my friend, we used to stay in and, and do that on a lunchtime. And I loved it. And I I look back and I'm like, yep, this was always in the cards. But I hadn't seen it because I was too busy being a teenager and too busy listening to what other people thought I should do. And incidentally, when I moved from being a scientist to being a careers coach or careers advisor, loads of people told me I was mad. But you're wasting it. You are. You are. Um, you know, you, you've worked so hard to become a chemist and now you're just throwing it all away. But I haven't thrown it all away because I will always have that experience, but I gained so many transferable skills. And 70% of people who go to university end up not in their, um, like, subject. So that's a pretty high percentage. And um, so if you are a point in your life where you're like well this is what I did my degree in or this is what all my you know career experience is in to date but I really want to go and do that thing over there but everybody says you know it's a waste of my time that isn't always true well in fact I don't think it's ever true if the job you want is the job you want then let's find a way of making it happen um because there are so many possibilities and so many opportunities out there but we discount them because of fear or other people's opinions or you know feeling judged or whatever um and actually we can make it work so uh yeah as I say 
hope that was helpful. If you want to talk to me in more detail about any particular part of my career or the choices I made or how I went about it, do feel free to get in touch. You can get in touch over at yourtimetogrow.com. Um, and a lot of the knowledge that I have gained from my own experience, but also professionally as a careers advisor and a careers coach, I've put into um, my Get Career Confident course, um, which you can find over on the website under the um, the products page. Uh, if you need a link, then again, just get in touch. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it from me. And I will see you back here next week. So thanks so much for listening. I do really appreciate um, every listener and all the support that you give and the feedback that I get from you. If you have found value in what I've had to say today or if it's triggered a kind of response in you and you want to know more or you want to seek help and you don't quite know who to, to go to, then please get in touch over at yourtimetogrow.com. You'll find... Um, there's a let's connect let's talk button that you can get in touch with me directly or there are loads of other resources on the website and on um, 